there, everybody. Welcome to episode 227 of the Finger Gun Podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? Here's a great big huggy if you need it. And it's, of course, Halloween weekend. So, happy Halloween if you do celebrate. I'm sure you do. Everyone bloody does, don't they? Joining me tonight is Joshua Thompson. How did I know I was going to be the first one to be announced? Sorry, I'm just putting a hoodie on. It's a little cold. A little bit chilly. Uh, of course you were doing something one unfortunately. <laughs> it's always the way. <laughs> oh, how are we doing, Ross? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, sir. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. It's uh, day nine of nine at work. Um, Ooh. I've got tomorrow off, and then I'll be back in. So, you know, we move, we move. Is uh, Five Nights at Freddy's still, uh, still packing it out? Uh, no, it's not been as bad as the first day. Um, we have had children crying though because they can't go in. Um, legitimately, tears. Uh, um, but you know, it was the same with Venom Two. It was the same with something else that came out. It was a fifteen that everyone was like really up in arms about. Um, maybe like Deadpool or something like that. But yeah, it's just funny. They're like, well, he's fourteen. Um. Does that mean he can go into a 15? And I was like, well, I don't know. Like, if you see what ma- how mass works, then <laughs> realize that 14 is before 15. Mm-hmm. And so like, you don't let 17 year olds into a pub, or you shouldn't anyway. I mean, white. It, it is what it is. Yeah. Are you going to watch it? No, I, I cannot for Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, yeah. I, I, think, it's... I think we just missed it, really. Yeah, it's going to be a massive weekend. There was another 130 million, I think they're estimating. Yeah, second biggest debut for a video game. Mario, of course, being the top, as it should, rightly so. Rightly so. For it is an absolute masterpiece of modern cinema. Yes, it is, isn't it? You hear that, Scorsese? Yeah, you and your flower moon, you bastard. Uh, Miles Thompson, hello. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. General Kenobi. Your move. Yes, one day we will get around to doing the Return of the Sith read-through podcast, I promise. One day. Um, one day. When, when we're we have... not moving house and working, <laughs> in your case. <laughs> we have four hours to spare. Um, how is it up north? It is cold, but it's also very nice. Thank you, mate. It's nice to finally be here and set up and comfortable and with Kat again. It's very, very nice. Thank ah, you. Congratulations. It's lovely, isn't it? It's so nice. Um, and I get to play Spider-Man, but we'll get into that. But I finally get to play Spider-Man at last. Hooray! 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 I have 100%ed it today. Ooh, it is, it nice. is done and dusted. I've got about I've got two or three trophies to go, but yeah, everything is done. Superb. And I ended on a very, I ended on a mission that was on a side quest that was really emotional. I had like proper tears in my eyes at the end of it. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Got yeah. that to look forward to then. Silly with pigeons. I'll just leave it there. Oh, God. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, yeah, otherwise, all good. Thank you, mate. How are you? Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. I'm all right. Yeah. I'm all right. Very excited to introduce our next guest. I mean, she's here all the time, but it's amazing anyway. It's Kat, hello. Hello, hello, hello. I mean, you probably made me excited that Ethan Lawrence is back. 
expecting <laughs> Ethan Lawrence. It ain't, it ain't Ethan. He's. It would be very exciting to have him back, but unfortunately, you have me. Fortunately, whatever. Gotta float your podcast boat, I guess. Oh, it's very fortunate. How on earth are you? I'm good, thank you. Well, I was good, and then Matthew Perry died. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, it's very, my, very sad. My TikTok and my Twitter makes me want to cry a little bit. <laughs> and people are mm. sending me, like, my friend just sent me a load of TikToks with Taylor Swift backing all of these friends' clips. <laughs> and I was well. like, a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but other than that, uh, yeah. I have discovered um, in the last two days that there are so many like piano and acoustic covers of I'll Be There For You. Oh, my God, uh, yeah. Yeah. They're only really cracking out the candlelight versions, aren't they? Turns out there's loads of them. So, all right, then. <laughs> um, How you, the devil are you, so. my dude? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm doing well. I've had a nice uh, few days off. So I've been sat down playing the video games. Very nice, very nice. Um, seeing people. I saw a friend yesterday actually outside in the world, which was lovely. A friend outside? Yeah, I saw wow. a friend. That's magical. Yeah. Was it was okay. Did it go okay? It was lovely. Yeah, we went to uh, went to um, the bar and we just had a nice drink and it was just it was just lovely times, you know. The bar, but did you dress up as uh, pink Barbie people and good enough? I did not. That was exclusively for you, Kat. That was exclusively. Thank you, for babe. You. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Um. All right then. Um. Let's get to game of the week. Joshua Thompson, what be your game of the week? So over the weekend, uh, Absurd Games gracefully granted us a code for uh, to review World of Horror, which I've been playing a little bit of whilst I've been playing other games with more pressing matters. Um, but when I've had the chance and when I can, I have been delving in deep to World of Horror, um, which is essentially like an 80s computer game inspired text adventure game where you play as, I think it's like 14 different people you can play as. Um, and there's about 20 or so mysteries, all randomised. It's like a turn-based combat roguelike with a lot of, like I said, uh, choose-your-own-adventure-style mysteries to, for you to um, solve. In, and there's multiple ways you can solve them. Um, it's very heavily inspired by the works of... Uh, Junji Ito and HP Lovecraft. So it's uh, very cosmic, very weird, very like creepy pasta, like your internet weird stories that you've heard. Um, and the kicker is that it is completely designed within MS Paint. Um, not the game, but like the way it looks, all the design is all through MS Paint, um, which is insane to me. Um, if you see the um, artwork in the game, you wouldn't believe that it was all done <laughs> in that program, that very archaic program. Um, but, oh, what to say about it? I think I finished like a full playthrough because it's a roguelite. You kind of have the the special sources that you can go at this multiple ways and it won't be the same mysteries over and over again. And if it is, there's different avenues and stuff like that you can go through to try and solve uh, to solve it in different ways and it's all very creepy, all horrifying um, and I'm having an absolute blast I, I really want to get into more before I can um, 
write some write it up uh, i'd hope to have kind of multiple endings done by this time um but yeah it's i it's still early days for me so i feel like i can't have like full full opinions on it but for the first few hours that i've played of it i i'm enamored by it i think there's something so special about the way it's presented and then just how it plays um it's been in early access for quite a few years now so there's people that have played various versions of this for a few years and um now it's at 1.0 on steam and it's also on console so you can play it on playstation and uh on nintendo switch um and i'm playing on the playstation um and these kind of games you normally think are not bad on a console with a gamepad um but there is always some teething issues and to be honest i think they've kind of nailed how you would do like a point and click or like a sort of moving the mouse to find to click on the certain things in the ui because the ui is verbose there's so much to go through and to look at it's very much like um kind of a little bit like dungeons and dragons style where you've got all your stats for your characters they're um sort of um like throughout the game you can get uh like bad things happen to you so you could be like concussed which will have different side effects um and then the world can change as you progress and those status symbols pop up um so it's it's very very like daunting to look at at the start and i if the first look of it you think oh no this looks like a bit too much trust me um the tutorial does a really good job of like onboarding you and it's not too difficult if you're playing on the easier difficulties at the start which they kind of advise you to do um they do handhold you a little bit and tutorialize every single bit that you will need as a crucial method and um yeah i just think it's very very well done very well executed plays well on a console um yeah world of horror uh by panstage well worth checking out especially um now that halloween is like literally today as as this podcast goes live mm. well, i remember seeing the press release for this and seeing the screenshots in the video i had no idea it was designed in ms paint that's unbelievable yeah it's um it's one bit and it can be two bit so two bit is kind of like just an extra little bit of shading which i've got it on um, but there's like, I want to say there's over 70 filters that you can have that will change the color and the and the mood of the of the game. Hmm. Um, that's crazy. So, you know, it's it's not like something that's going to absolutely change the game experience, but it's just that extra bit of polish that Panstage have, have pulled off that just make this feel like such a prestige title for just one person making a, a small little indie horror game. Mm. Yeah, sounds hugely impressive. Um, nice, that's World of Horror. Available now? Yes, it is. All right, go check it out. Um, Miles, what on earth have you been playing this fine week? Well, Roscoe, I'm finally catching up with the times of everyone else. I've gotten to play Spider-Man at last. Can we just talk about, this might be the best week for gaming ever. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, it really it, could. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Sorry, please continue. Not at all, not at all. Um, yeah, I finally got to play Spider-Man. So I know you guys spoke about it quite a bit last week. Um, so I'm kind of going to be repeating much of what's already been said. Um, I'm only, I think, three hours in so far. So I'm still not even that far into it just yet. I think I'm on like 23% of the story so far. Um, 
and it's just wonderful <laughs> um i'm incredibly biased spider-man is my favorite pretty much comic related thing in existence ever um and just playing more spider-man just feels great uh the web slinging is just awesome i still don't know how insomniac have managed to nail the mechanic of just traversal so effectively um and i'm quite digging the more like i'm intrigued on where the story is going at this stage it's still fairly like there's not too much in terms of stakes happening where I am just yet, but I've heard Josh's reaction to an end game section, which <laughs> I'm very intrigued by. Um, and yeah, just everyone I've spoken to about it has told me that there's things to uh, very much look forward to. So I'm uh, excited to see where it goes. It plays great. Um, and it just feels familiar in that really nice way where I've kind of just settled straight back into the rhythm of the combat system. Um but there's like little subtle changes I feel they've made to it that are catching me out at points. Um, so it's impressed me so far and I'm just enjoying every minute of it now that I get to appreciate it in all its glory again. Um, but yeah, that's my game of the week. I haven't really got much more to say. I kind of need to play more of it. And obviously you guys have spoken about it much more than I have. But yeah, it's the only thing I've managed to really play in the last week properly. Um, and yeah, it's just awesome being back in the in the spider's hands again. Oh boy, you've got a journey ahead of you. I know, I know. I'm not ready. I can't wait to talk to you about it when it's all done. I'm going to cry, aren't I? I'm definitely going to cry. Uh, did you cry at the end of the first one? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, what's your game of the week? Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm very boring. I've become like this boring gamer, like... All I've been able to play is Spider-Man. Um, oh, made so mainstream. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So... Such, such a girl gamer. Oh, my God. You just play the popular stuff. Oh. Oh, play Sims on the weekend. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, I haven't had much time, but um, the time that I have been playing, I've been playing um, Spider-Man. I'm currently reviewing Wildbender. I'm trying to play that um, in between... Bits. Oh, my review will be up soon. Uh, I say soon. Maybe, maybe you know. <laughs> it's one of those games where um, it's difficult to to say it's my game in a week because it's 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 not. It's a lovely game, and do you know what the studio behind who makes it is lovely. So it's very very difficult to say uh, bad things. It's not a bad game. It it's just not. 10 out of 10 for me. Not a bad game at all. It's basically like mm. don't if Don't Starve was gardening. That's how I think I put it to Miles. Um, so it's kind of like a little bit of like an open world survival. Um, but mixed in with like a simulation-y garden, like rebuilding a world-esque type. So you've got, so basically you end up in the desert and you don't know why you're there and you get the spirit who has lost his parts around the land. And the more that you go and gather his parts, the more he remembers, but you end up trying to rebuild this like world around a tree, which is like the tree of hope. It's basically where the only place where water is. But the thing is, 
everything tries to kill you. So you can't go out in the sun because you lose water quick. You lose water too quickly. Um, you can't. You get hungry, so um, you have to eat. Um, and it's just yeah. So you have to wait till the night time to really do anything. Um, but then you might get enemies who try and kill you, and then you get these raids of enemies that try and kill you every so often. Wraiths. So you have to go to wraith posts. Um, and it's just really fucking infuriating in places. I think the game doesn't really give you a chance to really get your feet into the game before everything starts getting thrown at you to be killed. Um, so I'm trying to get through that bit because I'm wondering if it's just like a steep beginning and it levels out. But so far it's just getting worse. So I got to like the second area and now... I can't breathe in it. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't fucking breathe in it? What, what, oh my can, can I just have five seconds where I'm not being killed? And I can, and that's at night, but I kind of have to be near the tree because I can't get water. I can't get water, but it's dirty um, elsewhere. And if I drink the dirty water, then I get a little bit poisoned. It's just this like never-ending battle of trying to stay alive. And really, I don't really want to play Merry Merry Quite Contrary, How Do You Garden Grow? When I'm trying stay alive um so, so that's tbc right now maybe that hmm. might be my review for Blender. but it is just yeah it, it's one of those games that i i think i still need to play a couple of hours get a good sense of it right now i'm i'm in the thick of it and uh, sometimes i'm like yeah this isn't bad yeah this is this is fun but then other times i'm just a bit like oh fuck off <laughs> So, yeah, I feel yeah. that. I feel that. I'm really not one for survival games where you can be sat down doing nothing and your health starts depleting, like for no reason. Yeah. Like you need to yeah, eat like, water, or you need explore. to like just leave me alone. I'll do everything yeah, on my that's own time. How I feel. And they're like, oh, the wind is really hard here, so you can you can build a fucking shelter. And I'm gonna piss and shelter. They're like, oh, I have to wait <laughs> till night time now. And I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and whilst that's really good for people who love those types of games, and I'm sure it's very accomplished in that way, I do think there are other open world games that maybe accomplish that a little bit more succinctly. Mm. You need a weapon. Um, Go and find a stick. Find a stick. You need to find yeah. another stick to add on top of the stick. It, oh, the stick. It totally Fuck off! Is that? It totally <laughs> is that, Ross. That's the thing. I'll and it's it. a lovely little game. But kind of like, if I could just have one thing that doesn't try and kill me, that'd be fucking great. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah, get, get so that. far in the world, and you're like, "Oh, I need to go back and get water." But by the time I fucking hoof my way all the way back to get water, and then, and then you've got these little portals that you can open, but I haven't figured out. I have to. I think I still have to go get more spirit parts to be able to unlock the portals. Um, yeah. But my spirit part is in the place where I can't breathe. And I'm like, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, when you find out how how to be able to not breathe in that area or not die in that area, then you'll be able to go through it." And I'm like, "Oh, give me a fucking bone, Jesus." Christ. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's Wildbender. Um, they have lovely devs, and it's a lovely studio behind them. Um, I will play a little bit more before that review comes out, but it will be out soon. That's my first impression so far of my game of the week. So it's not just talking about Spidey. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful stuff. What, what has been your game of the? Oh my god, I know what your game of the week is. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna do something unprecedented on the Finger Yard podcast, and talk about a Nintendo game. <laughs> because this week, I watched a gameplay walkthrough of Super Mario Wonder, and I got FOMO so hard 
An hour later, I ordered the Switch for Super Mario Wonder. And I hate myself for it. But I'm so happy that I did it. My bank account is not happy that I did it. But I am. I'm really happy that I did it. Because I've been playing Super Mario Wonder. And holy fuck nuts. This game is unfucking believable I know that Mars played at ADGX and wasn't for him. That's fine. Okay? It's not going to be for everyone. It's one of those games. But this is... Mario, yet again, evolving and becoming something completely new and completely different while staying basically exactly the same as it always been with very, very cool additions. I cannot stress to you how much I've loved playing video games this week. I know we've, we've talked about how there are so many out. Even Alan Wake 2 is shockingly installed on my PS5. Um, I did. Yeah, it's there. Sean got it. Thank goodness, because I couldn't afford another game. Um, but it is there waiting to be played. How that came out in the same week as Spidey and Super Mario Wonder and Alan Wake 2 and everything. Oh, 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 it's crazy. But Mario Wonder is a truly magnificent game and it fully deserves its insane Metacritic score, which I think currently stands at 94. It gets to a point where every time you jump into like this wonder, the, the wonder flower in order to get a wonder seed, you, have, you, you just want to know what ridiculous invention Nintendo have created. And every single time, it blows my mind. And I, I can feel my face grinning like an idiot. And every time I'm playing through it, I have such a smile on my face that it makes me so happy that this game exists. And I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't praise it highly enough, really. Um, I'm, only, I'm only on the second island. There's loads to go yet. But it's just, so far, they have absolutely knocked it out of the park and i don't know don't know what else to say about it because i wasn't hugely hyped for it i remember seeing the trailer the trailer does not do it justice at all to actually be in that world and to see it on the oled screen of the switch it's just it pops and it just comes alive to such a degree that you know you really have to play it to really get an idea of how special this thing actually is and i think that it i mean will it win game of the year probably not um next to the uh, i mean there's so many that it could be this year but you know, it is going to be in the conversation, and I think that's more than enough for a Nintendo game um, at this point in a Switch's career, um, or the kind of a lifespan, I guess. Um, it is magical, and I cannot wait to play it a little bit later again. Now that uh, Spider-Man is done and dusted, uh, at least at least for the time being, before I get those couple of extra trophies. And oh man, I'm so happy! Um, I've got a nice shiny white Switch now sitting next to my white PS5, and it looks amazing. And I'm just happy, cat. I'm just happy. And I can't ask them more than that, really. You know, when a game makes you feel this good, I think you should latch onto it and hold it forever. <laughs> good to hear. My data looks ace, and I've heard nothing but good things. It's just... Uh, who, um, is wrong. And it's okay to be wrong sometimes. So. Yeah, sometimes you are wrong. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. We're all wrong. Yeah, yeah we're all it's human. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, and it's it's making its target audience very happy, and that's I think what it was always intended to do. Um, so happy days indeed. Do you mean um, Nintendo to do? No. Hey! <laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> Give Cat a five point head start on the quiz, ladies and gentlemen. That was totally worth it. <laughs> um, all right, talking of the quiz, let's get to it, Mister Mars Thompson. I do hope it's all about Nintendo games. Uh, no. Ah, uh, okay. That's fine. Let's it, carry on. It is, however, Halloween themed. 
Oh, that's clever because it's Halloween. Uh, yeah, well, sort of Halloween themed. Uh, it's horror themed in joyousness of Halloween. I was going to do the whole one of our scariest games we've ever played thing that we do every year, but I'm like, I'm not doing that every year. So um, <laughs> there's no there's no Halloweeny topics this week. But at least we're Halloween quiz. That's what do you not like putting yourself through it anymore? Thinking of all the scary games. Well, I was like, what else am I going to say? Just listen to it last year. It's going to be the same answer. <laughs> you know, so. never changes. No. Um, so yeah, you have a hint already. All of the answers are in some way a horror game or within the horror genre. So that should be an, a boon of some kind, I hope. Cool. With the one genre that I don't play very much. <laughs> um, oh. uh, I, yeah, I think there's answers in here that will uh, very well. Yeah, things. maybe I did. I did. I got to give someone else a chance after I absolutely lampooned the competition last week. <laughs> Lampoon is such a good word, isn't it? Isn't it? It's, isn't that word? it's just so satisfying for like no good reason. Yeah, it's true. Name Alrighty. my sex tape. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready? Yeah. yeah. Do this. All right. Question one: In which horror series do you watch security cameras for animatronic menaces? Oh my god, cut your first. Five Nights at Freddy's. It is Five Nights at Freddy's. Well done. Which uh, oh, I just said the series, not the specific game. I'm joking. <laughs> Imagine. Do you know what I actually doubted myself when I said it? I was like, is it even Freddy's? Oh my God, is it Frankie's? Is, like, like, is it Frankie's? There's like 14 games. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Uh, question number two. In what year did Alien Isolation release? Oh, Josh. 2017? No, it was not 2017, I'm afraid. Uh, Roscoe, I've got you next. 2018. It was not 2018. Oof. Cat? Shit, mine was going to be 2018. It's, it's older, Cat. If that. Older. Mm-hmm. It's older, How Cat. Older? It's older. Older. What did you say? Oh, I don't know. I can't okay. that much of a clue. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Okay. If it's older than 2018 and 2017, then it must be. 2020-2023-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2024-2
it, it's sanity. Oh, I, sorry. It is. Yeah, I said I will, I will give it to Kat because she did say insane insanity meter. It's close. It's fine. I'll take I was, it. I mean, it's a pure guess. Yeah, like if you if you are going to be, you know, Captain Cunt about the word. I'm kidding. 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 Oh, you're getting close to having it rescinded. No, I'm kidding. I love you. I love you. No, 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 no. How many points you have? Uh, I think Sorry, we the podcast would like to apologise for the use of the c-word there. Um, <laughs> Sorry, this is what we're about, yes. and um, yes, Kat will be disciplined later on. <laughs> By who? I don't know. <laughs> I will be. Um, yeah, that sounded better in my head. Please carry on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Literally, uh, okay. sanity meter is going up right now. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, question number four. In 2022, Dead by Daylight surpassed a significant milestone for its total number of players. Roscoe, you've already got your hand up. Uh, Dead by Daylight. You're going to say, I thought no. you were going to say yes. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Oh my God. Oh, Kat's got her hand up. I haven't even finished the question. Oh. Oh, I thought that was the question. No, it wasn't. It's because Roscoe put his hand up halfway through it. <laughs> oh, that's okay. It's fine. I will continue. In 2022, Dead by Daylight surpassed a significant milestone of total number of players. How many people mm. have ended up suffering the game at that point? Oh, okay. So it was was the, I was answering the same question I thought I was answering. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a pure guess. Go on, Kat. Would it be like ugh, three million? It is not three million. Josh, would you like to have a go? Um, it's a bit high for 2022, actually. No, I don't think it is like ridiculous. Bear in mind, this is total number of players, not total number of copies sold. Oh, uh, wait. Mm. Something different. Yes. Uh, yeah, I guess because it's, it's also on Game Pass. Yeah, it's uh, it it was on PS Plus as well, which is like really mm-hmm. throwing me off the numbers. Yeah. Um, I'll say one million. Damn, we you guys oh, vastly underestimated way more than that, this. surely. Yeah, vastly underestimated. Can this. I actually oh, give a spiritual point yeah. answer? Yeah, you can. Go on, Roscoe. Is it like, like 20, million. 20 million plus? I mean, you're much closer, but you're still pretty far off. Mm. Oh wow! Oh, it's like fifty million. It is 50 million players that surpassed oh. in 2022. Wow. Damn. But wow, I did not know that. That includes this is so weird because nobody in, I so. know who plays it likes it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Listen, we like all hate it, right? It's like players as well. <laughs> yeah, we all hate it. It's just something that you just have to play. Once you're in it, you just can't not. It's painful. Uh, but yeah, 50 million people have suffered Dead by Daylight. Can you imagine? Wow, wow, that's crazy good. Fair play. Matthew Cote must be bloody loaded. Literally. There was like a suffering meter. I feel like her behaviour would have just caused it to explode. Yeah, a million people hate this game. <laughs> yeah. Look at all the pain and the agony and the tears we've inflicted <laughs> on the human race. Um. So, yeah, no one got that one, I'm afraid. Uh, question number five. In Until Dawn, what are the terrifying mythical creatures you can encounter called? Oh, Josh. Oh, gosh. Wendigos. They are indeed. Oh, Wendigos. yeah, of course well they done, are. Josh. Well yeah. done, man. Uh, Wendigos. That's a cool word. 
Wendigo. Yeah, it's called Charmed episode with Wendigo. Oh. That's the one with Hayden Penetina isn't it? Yeah, she's mm-hmm. also in Until Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Long. That was an interesting segue. <laughs> Uh, question number six. In 2012, this short horror game scared masses of people as your Roscoe. PT. No. Oh. <laughs> oh, PT was like 2014, I think. God um, damn it. So it was not PT, I'm afraid. Um, your objective was to collect eight pages. What game was it? Oh. Josh. Slender the Arrival. It was Slender. It wasn't the Arrival, but it was Slender Man. So I'll give it to you. Oh, <sighs> it was just called Slender Man, the eight pages or the pages or something like that. Um, the arrival is that the 10 year anniversary? Is it? I think it was like a new game that they sort of made like three or four years later, and it was crap. So I think it just kind of died on arrival. Uh, question number seven This 2005 first person shooter title featured a menacingly creepy Alma as its primary antagonist. Which game is it? Sorry, can you repeat the question? Yeah. So 2005 first-person shooter featured a menacingly creepy Alma, which is a name, by the way, not a type of creature or anything, uh, as its primary antagonist. This is a tougher one, to be fair. Oh! I feel like I've had this question. Oh, Roscoe's got his hand up. This is a complete guess. Is it fear? It fucking is. Oh, get in! Yeah. (laughs) Well done. Yeah, that was a tough one, that. I remember Paul playing it, and he was like five minutes in, like, no, nah, but it's too fucking scary, man. Fucking <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was quite it's a like scary a military game. shooter, isn't it? But mm. dressed up yeah. as a horror. And it was like lauded because its AI was apparently like incredibly good. Mm. Um, question number eight The Keeper, Laura, and the Sadist appear in which survival horror series? Josh. I don't know if I'm going to regret it. The Evil Within? It is the evil within. Good job. Uh, Question number nine. Name the iconic weapon Isaac Clarke wields in the original Dead Space. Roscoe? Dead by Daylight. Oh, for fuck's sake. I thought you actually had this one. (laughs) (laughs) Josh? It's the plasma cutter. It is the plasma cutter. Uh, And question number ten. Which studio is currently in the process of remaking Silent Hill 2? Josh again. Blue team. It is Blue team. Oh, of course it is. Do you know what? I actually nearly early clicked then because I thought you were going to say the Dead by Daylight movie. And uh... I know that's Blumhouse because FNAF are um, now basically like the Dead by Daylight obviously movie is now going to be huge because FNAF have done such good numbers. And I'm so glad I didn't click early. But... Oh. <laughs> Josh, have you just overtaken me? A little shit back. The, uh, um... We clinched it in the last two questions. So, final running. (laughs) Uh, Roscoe, sorry to say, my friend, you came in with one point, or that was a good point that you earned for that one. This was not my genre. This this was not your quiz, I'm afraid. Uh, I had to do it for the theme of Halloween, but... uh, I understand. This one did not favour you, I'm afraid. Uh, Kat, you came in with three points. You did had a very, very good early start, and then I'm unfortunately had a good start and a hot start, but uh, yeah, then it, then it went downhill. <laughs> yeah. And Joshua, you finished on a massive five points to clinch the win at the very end. So well, well done. done, my friend. Well done. Yeah, I, I'm a bit of a horror bitch, so <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm a horror bitch. Everyone's 
thunder. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I did say last week I was going to reclaim the throne, and here I am. Here Five is. weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't include last week. We're going to have to include a disclaimer of, like, not officially ratified. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that was a good win, my friend. Well done. Unbelievable, Jeff. Well done, Josh. Thank you very much, Miles. That's all right, my friend. Hope it was a good one. Well, not for me, but for everyone else. Everyone really <laughs> love it. I mean, you got a good point. I'll give you that. You got a good point. Yeah, I'm old. That's what happens. This is encyclopedic knowledge of nonsense of video games that I have, which is only useful in a video game quiz. All uh, right, then let's get to the news and let's talk about Capcom, everyone's favorite developer here on the podcast. Uh, they are teasing a major unannounced title planned before March of next year. Um, this is Andy Robinson over at VGC. Capcom is planning to release a major unannounced title by the end of the current fiscal year, which ends in March 2024. That's according to a Japanese Q&A section published alongside its latest earnings results this week, in which it mentions the unannounced title in relation to how it intends to reach its year-end sales targets. Considering its aspirations for the unannounced game, it's possible that it's related to one of Capcom's two biggest franchises, Resident Evil or Monster Hunter. Now, the article goes on, but I'm going to stop it there because I want us to dream bigger, ladies and gentlemen. I want us to get away from Monster Hunter and Resident Evil. I want to know what our team thinks this is going to be. Or they have a pipe dream of what it might be. Because that's vastly more interesting um, than probably what it will end up being. Um, so I will start from uh, from the top. Uh, Josh, what would you like to see from Capcom, or what do you think they are cooking up before the end of the fiscal year? Um, I mean, I, I don't want to steal Miles's answer because I know what Miles's answer is definitely going to be. So, it, oh, wait, are you going to say Exoprimal too as well? <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's one that kind of definitely had a character that was definitely meant to be that character, but wasn't that character from the game that you'd like, Dino Crisis. Um, yeah, I think there was like news and, and stuff about um, how they're reinvigorating the engine that they're going to be using from how, from here on out as well. Um, so they've been using the RE engine for their Capcom games, um, but now it's going to be the REX engine or the Rex engine. And with Rex engine comes T-Rex. And with T-Rex comes Dinosaurs, and then we've got Exoprimal 2. <laughs> uh, <laughs> At last, finally. <laughs> no, um, yeah, obviously, Final Sky for everyone here, I think, is probably obviously Dino Crisis. Um, the really boring answer is probably Monster Hunter because I feel like Resident Evil almost feels annual at this point. Um, Street Fighter, they usually let their games sit for a while um let let kind of players get on with it uh competition seasons and what have you learn the game before moving on to the next one and um, monster hunter hasn't really had a mainstay title they've had smaller ones on the switch um kind of like shorter games that i wouldn't consider as big as like monster hunter world um and so I think it's probably time for a Monster Hunter with a new engine, uh, fully in the current gen. Uh, it's quite an exciting prospect. Um, my personal one, which isn't like necessarily something that's very exciting because it seems to make sense for business, is another Devil May Cry. 
um, because I think the fifth one did really well in terms of sales, definitely did really well critically and for the audience that got to play it. Um, it's my favourite by far from the series. Um, and I think Miles can agree to that as well, um, just because of how flawlessly it played, um, where they took the story whilst um, definitely respecting the, the past. Um, so, yeah, those those are some of the ones that I think uh, I would like to see. I, I would like to see Devil May Cry the most. Um, Monster Hunter feels more of a reasonable answer. Mm. I really hope it's something bigger. I really hope they they really surprise us. Like maybe a Mega Man, maybe a Bionic Commando. Let's bring that back. Is that crazy? Um, Probably crazy. That Mega is Man. beyond crazy, I'm afraid. <laughs> For Bionic Commando, that game, that PS3 game was awful. Hey man, some people liked it. That's why it's being talked these days in such high regard. Were you the only one who liked it? I thought it was okay. <laughs> I think I got like a handful of levels in and I was like, I physically can't take playing this game anymore. I tried. <laughs> um, Kat, what do you think we're going to be seeing from Capcom before March? In the year of sequels, what about, hear me out, DuckTales 2? Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why the fuck not? Um, I know that Mars would like it. Oh no, they've that's already been announced, isn't it? Dragon's Dogma. Mm-hmm. Been announced. Um, maybe a Devil May Cry seven, six, what the fuck next one is. DMC six? Is that a thing? Uh yeah, I believe so. I think five was the last one. Yeah, DMC five was yeah. twenty nineteen. Yeah, maybe a DMC six. I'd probably be out the right timeline as well. Maybe that'd be cool. cool. Yeah, those are my guesses. I don't think we'll do Resident Evil just because of the big, like, like sink into the Resident Evil games. You've got like three projects going on that are all Resident Evil related, aren't you? So Mm. probably not. I don't think it's going to be Resident. I think we've just we've had our fill about this year. Yeah, I really don't think. With Resi 4 being... Maybe another Monster Hunter? I don't know. I don't think it's going to be another Street Fighter either. No, no. 6 was way too recent, I think, for that to for that to be another one. Hmm. It is, yeah, yeah, so that's my, my DuckTales or DMC. <laughs> if I do the others, I'll be really happy. I'd actually be pretty happy with DuckTales. I'd, 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 uh, I'd get my teeth into that. Yeah, give me a DuckTales remake, Capcom. Bring it on. Um, Miles! I left you to last, so I was like, hmm, I think I know what Miles is going to say. <laughs> but uh, I'm curious to see if uh, if anything uh, completely random or offbeat comes into your mind. But I'm pretty sure I know where this is going. What do you think? Well, Roscoe, I do have an off-the-wall one for you. I'll make this Sweet. slightly exciting. Are you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. Dead Rising 5. Oh, my. Yes, it's not going to be Dead Rising 5. But I actually wouldn't be against it. Dead Rising 4 was a bit shit, but it wasn't terrible. No one's asking for a Dead Rising 5. I don't think anyone is. However, I would probably still take it at this point. Um, I think it's likely going to... They said this was unannounced, didn't they? Which I find a bit odd, because it's not exactly far away. It's five months or four, even, potentially. Sure, Um, but if you look at the Resi remakes, they were only a few months before release as well, weren't they? That is true. But it kind of gives me the impression. I feel like Devil May Cry 5 was announced quite a chunk of time before it actually did come out. 
Um, and the same of Dragon's Dogma 2 was announced back in May. So it would seem a bit odd to announce DMC6 and then release it four months later. Um, yeah, the, I think the... Dragons are still a way off as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Dragon's Dogma is still a, a 2024 release window, but I think it's going to be the late part of 2024, just mm. given that we haven't seen a full gameplay breakdown, just a big trailer of it. Um, so I kind of feel like it's going to be a relatively big-ish game, but not one that they're expecting is going to be huge, um, which is why I think it might be something like a, an off-the-wall one like Dead Rising or the Dino Crisis remake, if it is happening, um, because they're the kind of ones that you can announce relatively quickly and then release it and the hype will carry it through um yeah whereas i feel like for games like dmc6 or you know resident evil they kind of want them to build hype over a good chunk of time um but yeah there's the potential it might be another monster hunter but i think monster hunter rise released relatively recently didn't it was that not january this year um god it might have been i can't remember now so i feel like that would be quite a quick turnaround unless it's like another expansion project potentially um mm. so either that or we're just gonna get like an umbrella Co chronicles 2 or something garbage like that <laughs> <laughs> maybe an operation raccoon city again um yeah i mean my hope is for obviously the dino crisis remake we all know that i've been yearning for that for basically my entire existence um so yeah i'm just i'm not actually sure what this one's going to be i feel like it's not going to be a dmc6 it's just mm. too short of a turnaround to do that but then maybe that's the trick now is they're just going to be like, hey, guess what? DMC, let's go. Um, in which case I will probably, I don't know, throw up <laughs> out of excitement. <laughs> um, yeah, like Josh said, it's one of my favorite games of all time, DMC5. And the prospect of having a sequel to it is just phenomenal. So, yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm excited for what's coming. Man, if you get if you get MDS Delta and Dino Crisis in the same year. Oh, my God. I'm not sure you'll be able to cope. I will be absolutely insufferable, (laughs) even more than I am now. Like, I will just be the biggest pain in the ass on this planet. (laughs) Fair. Fair. You see, now, there's a shooter... uh, There's not a shooter shooter at all. A fighting series uh, from Capcom, um, which I adore from the Dreamcast era called Power Stone. And I would love a Power Stone remake. I'm not a huge fighter in terms of well, I'm 11, not a fighter, but in terms of gamer, you know, gaming, I'm not really into fighters either. But Power Stone is one of those games that I really, really loved. And it kind of lived on the Dreamcast for a bit and didn't really go anywhere else. Um, uh, I think it came out on the GameCube, maybe. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they're going to go completely off off the wall, then yeah, Power Stone 3 or Power Stone Remaster or Remake could be really fucking awesome. I don't think it's going to happen. But, you know, that's my kind of off the wall thing but i genuinely do think it's going to be dino crisis oh my god stop it. i really really do stop it Ross. Um, i think that like i said we've had resi 4 this year we've had the gold edition of village it's like let's just let resi live for a little bit um they've done extremely well resi 4 was obviously fantastic um monster hunter is still doing well on the switch there's still loads of dlc coming out for that so they're making a the really big deal that this is an unannounced game that's going to really impact their fiscal year so I think it's going to be something relatively big. And if they throw a Dino Crisis together in the same engine that they've been making these Resi remakes, I mean, that's going to make some dollar. That's going to make some top dollar. So I'm all, pretty... All from me. Yeah. Yeah, you'll buy every copy. I will buy every physical copy <laughs> and every digital copy I can get my hands on. 
Yeah, probably only one digital copy you can get your hands on. But uh, yeah, I think that's where it's going. But I could be wrong. I don't want to build up anticipation. But I also really want to build up anticipation because that's really fun as well. You just love seeing the hope like seep from my eyes each time it happens. <laughs> I do. Because we watch those Capcom showcases and they're normally pretty shit, aren't they? And so for one of them to end with like nothing, just like complete darkness. And all you hear is like maybe the sound of like T-Rexes stepping up. And then you see that foot just land. Nothing more. Dino Crisis 2024. Capcom. You know, that would, I think the internet would, would implode. And I think Capcom have that in their arsenal to do so. So we shall see. But I can't really can't think of anything else. I don't think the world's clamoring for another Marvel versus Capcom at this point. Um, I don't think XO Prime was anywhere near close to getting a sequel or even like campaign DLC. Um, Mega Man's not the massive kind of star he used to be. So I can't think of anything else. You know, Street Fighter, like like we said with Kat, it's, uh, it's very soon, very recent. So, you know, what else is it going to be, Miles? You know? Okami remake. <laughs> that would be lovely. I do love Okami, but... Uh, I think just for shits and giggles, let's say it's Dino Crisis. <laughs> See what happens. Yeah. yeah, let's start on Dino Crisis so I can be really sad when it is something like Dead Rising 79 billion. Yeah, yeah. Let's start the hub train now. Dino Crisis confirmed for PS5 and Xbox Series. Let's go. Um, all right, then. Let's move on to the next story, which is all about Payday 3. Now, we kind of enjoy Payday 3. Um, we were fortunate enough to get it before launch so we played it when the servers were very dry and we could get into games fairly easily but when it launched oh dear there were all sorts of issues and people were losing their saves people losing their files people getting disconnected in the middle of heists it was a bit of a disaster and Starbreeze, the developers were very very quiet about this for a little while um and so they've come out this week and apologized for the lack of updates uh, to say Payday 3 developer Starbreeze have apologized for the ongoing wait for the Heist Games first patch. While major server issues that marred the co-op's title's launch have been addressed, fans have been left frustrated by a lack of updates about Payday 3's first patch. Originally scheduled to arrive in early October, it promises to introduce over 200 quality-of-life improvements for all platforms. Quote, despite our silence, we want to assure you that the team is still working on our main priority, which is to get the patch we promised out to you, and to make sure our patching process allows us to continue publishing them at a steady cadence in the future. Starbury said this week. We know it sucks to keep hearing the same thing, it continued, before confirming that the game's update is currently going through a testing and certification process. Now, this kind of brings to the question something that we talk a lot about, uh, which is the conversation between the devs and the players. And Kat, I know we've talked about this with PlayStation, about they haven't been as good as they used to be um, at this. But do you think that you know, developers, especially when games are in this state, they have a responsibility to the people that bought their game to be a lot more open about the issues that they need to fix. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I think as well, like this is just one little mark in a plethora of games that this has been happening to in the last like three years. And I, I think it feels really common now. And I don't think it should be because I think a lot of people, I mean, we spoke a long time ago about um, Jedi, um, Jedi Survivor. And when you're paying that much for a game and you're not aware of, you know, bugs, patches, the the state that it's in, is it is it 
you know, is there some sort of like, you know, at its most extreme, is it fraud? Like, is it not fit for purpose then? Are you then like, do you know what I mean? Are there loophole like at its, at, obviously that's very, very extreme, and I'm sure somebody who cared enough about, you know, sales legislation could go down an avenue of, you know, is is it is it is it just a really dishonest practice? Um, and just a bit of a shitty thing to do or actually like you said do they have a responsibility and obligation to say yeah whilst you are paying this money please be aware of x y and z because I think if if there was that disclaimer of like you know what guys it's not it's not 100% it's not where we'd like it I think a lot more people would I mean, yeah, they probably wouldn't get as many sales, but I think a lot more people would respect developers for that. Eventually, like we said, over a long period of time, it becomes about the reputation of the studio. And I think very luckily, you know, when you when you look at who it's happened to in the past, CD Projekt Red with um, Cyberpunk, they've only just really crawled it back. <laughs> and that's been years later. Um, so it's 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 tricky it's a tricky 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 um i think as well like you know 200 quality of life improvements for all platforms just it's just that emoji mm. that gives me like a yikes face just like uh <laughs> you know we know it sucks to keep hearing the same thing okay well stop fucking saying it like just yeah. just do it or just just delay your game like do you know what i mean like and i think that it's becoming a nest like a not very welcome norm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so. um, it's, it is, it is strange because obviously the devs need time to find bugs and fix them and use the issues. Yeah. But absolutely. They, but there has to be that conversation going. It's like, yeah, we found one, uh, we found two or three. First, we found all these ones. Mm-hmm. Give us, give, give yeah. us a month or two or three and, We'll sort us out for you, but they didn't say anything. You know, they were just completely yeah, silent. Absolutely, and it was the same with Jedi, wasn't it? When they released on day one that yeah. little apology, like you fucking knew the state of your game, and you, you know, and the dishonesty that 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 gives to players. Like you say that you're doing it for the players, you say that you're making this for the fans. Are you? Because you you had your little nicely tightly apology PR'd, sent off, approved, and that takes time before you start sending that out to the world. So to already have that ready on day one, are you you as honest as, you know, are you really for the fans? Like, don't be for the people and then blatantly not be for all the people. Like, it's just, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, you know? It's embarrassing, you're right. (laughs) Embarrassing. 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 But it is, and I don't like it, and I don't like the dishonesty. And eventually, like I said, I think it's going to then come down to, um, eventually, when, you know, studios make this a common norm people that's going to show in the cells people aren't stupid people don't forget stuff like that do you know what i mean it's like yeah. apple lots of people now don't buy apple day one because of x y and z because there's been recalls because there's been this that and the other yeah you, get, you still get the diehard fans who are going to line up at midnight but it's a it's a reputation thing it's an honesty thing isn't it like Mm-hmm. And I think the same will happen to certain studios, especially student studios that shine a bit brighter than others and stand out, like you know, the makers of Payday, or like the makers of Survivors uh, uh, Jedi Survivor, or like you know, CD Projects Next Project. <laughs> oh, you know, that's <laughs> going to be. Oh, it'll be out in twenty twenty five. Yeah, we'll see. 
<laughs> yeah you know and and so the, you know the reputation will eventually precede them and i think that for a quick buck you should be wary of that because you know people will not forget that stuff and the internet is so full of hatred and information gathering on how to you know win the keyboard warrior argument Mm-hmm. Just, just be honest. In in a world so full of digital, like we've got our own digital society now, haven't we? That's kind of what twenty twenty three is about. Um, just be honest. Just, you know, no one's selling a mug without a handle and still charging four ninety nine. Just you know, not unless it's like <laughs> specifically because you want it without a handle. Like I said, no one like no one buys a, a coke down. Yeah, like a <laughs> cup. You know. <laughs> But I'm saying, like, in mug form, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, um, But, like, also, like I said, like, no one's one's buying, you know, Coca-Cola for 99p and then it's got Fanta in it. Oh, God, imagine. Imagine, imagine. And imagine it's still being charged full price. And then when you take it back to the shop, they're like, no, no refunds. No, no, no. We'll we'll put the Coke in it, but in a few months, just leave us this... (laughs) Leave it with us, and we'll fill it up with uh, with Coke later. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can you can continue drinking your shit Fanta, but like just just know the Coke will eventually be there. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it's a wonderful analogy. I love that. <laughs> um, Miles, I remember us playing Payday, um, uh, sort of pre-launch, and there were some issues, but I don't remember running into two hundred of the things. Um, do you think that you know the the lack of stabilization in the servers? may have revealed a few more bugs than perhaps we saw uh, pre-launch. Yeah, I think it's a different ball game when you've got pre-release stuff um, with like a limited number of people to manage at once compared to an influx of hundreds, thousands of players all trying to do stuff at the same time. Um, and although we didn't run into many like major issues, there were definitely like visual issues and just problems in terms of how the game just kind of ran it just didn't feel very well optimized for what should be a now current gen game um i know from my perspective i enjoy payday 3 a bit less than i think everyone else did um i'm not overly surprised and i think like cats kind of touched on i think developers if you're making a live service type game that you're saying that you're going to support and that you're going to be throwing content out for that people buy into the game on that basis. And you've effectively made of quite relatively empty promise of we're going to support this game and we're going to make you buy the game on the premise of we will support it into the future. If someone then purchases that game, they have that expectation and that's then on you to manage that responsibility because you've set up the expectation in the first place. Um, and it was the same with Anthem, you know, they'd sold Anthem on, it's going to be a 10 year, you know, project, a 10 year game that's going to be added to substantially. And within a year it was dead. So, you know, with live services, this is the risk that you take buying into it on day one. Um, and it's difficult because I feel like the developers are probably trying their best and doing their best to get content out for the game and to get it fixed. Um, because it, it really wasn't in a good place from what I read about it. Um, but at the same time, they're probably under pressure to get stuff out in order to appease either publishers or kind of higher ups who need to make, you know, we spoke about Capcom obviously wanting to release a game to meet their fiscal thresholds or whatever. Um, and it's the same for a lot of publishers of they need games to go out to make money so that their yearly records can look good. Um, 
And I wonder if Payday 3 might have been a bit of a victim of that because it didn't feel like a substantial upgrade over Payday 2 for me. It felt like just a glorified expansion that could have just been an expansion. Um, So to release it in the state that it was and then to go radio silent for a while does not hold the best look. And it instantly makes people go to the worst case scenario, which is that the devs don't care and they're just ditching the game or not bothering to work on it. Um, But I don't think that is the case. I think the devs do care and I think they are probably doing their best. I think they're just in a bit of a, a tricky situation of trying to get content out alongside trying to get bug fixes out properly. Um, And they've run into that dead by daylight issue where they've tried to patch something and broken other stuff at the same time as trying to fix things. And whereas dead by daylight would have just thrown the patch out and then just let people find those glitches for themselves. At least they've had the wherewithal to be like, do you know what? Our patch is going to break some stuff and we don't want to do that. We'd rather fix everything in one go and then release it at once. Um, And I think people will respect that. But yeah, just communicate it and be open about it and just be open about the fact that we're trying to fix things. There are more things for us to fix than we anticipated. It's going to take us a bit longer, but we are getting there. And just keep people updated. If people know that you're working on it, they don't get angry. Like, it's so simple. Just keep people posted. You don't need to do a daily diary about it. Um, But even just a weekly, monthly post just to say, hey, this is what we've worked on this month. This is when we're planning to try and get it out for, but we'll keep you posted. That will tide people over. Look at Star Citizen. They basically post something once a month and never release anything. And yet people still pump hundreds of millions of pounds into it. So Incredible, it works. It? Yeah. Honestly, that that whole... I watched the video on that the other day and it is wild. That whole thing is nuts. Um, so yeah, just be open and communicative about it and your audience won't react as negatively or angrily. Um, I think that's the real message. But mm. yeah, I, I do feel a bit for Starbreeze. I think they're taking a lot of flack for maybe something that isn't entirely their fault if that makes sense sure sure um josh you reviewed the game i remember you um so i think yeah you did definitely enjoy it but there may have been any issues what were the major issues you think that the game does need to overcome in order for it to kind of get back on track with this audience um yeah it wasn't so much any of the bugs that we ran into because I, I think what we did was very minor i think Miles and I played a bit more together and we had a couple of crashes and stuff like that or booted from servers, but nothing like like the complaints that we've seen. Um, I think my sort of my personal uh, like gripe with the game as a whole is um, it felt like it released with not enough of a game that the prior the prior titles have have got or have got um i know payday 2 most of it is just all through dlc that has uh amassed throughout years of um development <clears throat> but it really felt like a step back in terms of the amount of content and kind of how the systems haven't really changed in terms of leveling up and the grind to level up um which are some of these aspects that they're uh, they're trying to address um so making it easier to level up but keeping that same challenge um and i think it's just a case of the game releasing too early in general um i feel like maybe starbreeze felt like they were backed into a corner a little bit in terms of uh their heads maybe thinking look this game needs to come out at such and such times so we can make enough profit or maybe the age old story of um, games coming out unfinished because they just need that boost in revenue 
um, to help the, the development studio carry on before they can fix what they know that needs fixing. Um, and yeah, I think I, I agree with everyone else of what they were saying about the communication side of it, but I'm sure it's very easy to put your head in the ground and kind of try and ignore it and fix it before, you know, coming to <laughs> like the public that are, I mean, rightfully ravenous over what's happened and kind of like their expectations not being met. Um, but it, it is just a brutal place to be and a, a brutal pace, a place to be honest. So I can definitely sympathize with kind of the team as a whole, not maybe wanting to address it straight away try and maybe get their all their ducks in a row before kind of finalizing a plan um because they've got i mean before the game came out they had a a um a dlc like map like of when things are, are to come uh, and and the next thing was meant to be this winter um so you know if we've only got two months left of the year um and they're still only talking about fixing the issues as opposed to having fixed the issues by now. Um, so like other games, the the um, the plan that they set out, the roadmap, that's the word that I was looking for, the roadmap that they set out might get a bit more of a push uh, into next year before they start thinking about what's next for Payday instead of what it is now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I wish the best for Starbreeze because Payday 3 is a decent game. There's a lot more of improvements from Payday 2 uh, in terms of quality of life and just the general feel of the gameplay. Um, so hopefully it can kind of meet the expectations for fans that have been with the series for so long and expect so much more from them. Um, because I think it's a similar story to with 2 that they did have some um, teething issues at the start and hopefully they'll come up on top within a year. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah, I didn't hate uh, Payday 3 at all. I thought it was, uh, we, we we had a good time playing it together. So I really hope that um, the audience that is kind of hardcore for it, get the game that they need and deserve. And uh, fingers crossed Starbreeze can, uh, can pull out um, because yeah, it was a fun time. Um, rather than finally... Um, we had a look this week at um, our first in-engine look at Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater, which, of course, is the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake coming at some point in the future. We're not entirely sure when. It still hasn't got a release date or a release window. Um, it wasn't gone first yet. Oh, Miles. Oh, perfect. Miles, how is MGS Delta looking, my friend? Oh, it's looking pretty all right. It's looking pretty tasty. Um mm. Yeah, it was a it was a good first look at the game. I think what most impressed me was the environmental texture stuff. Um, I did get the suspicion this is in engine footage, but not necessarily how good some of the environments will look while you are actually playing. There's a difference between in engine and in game running. Um, but I think I don't think you'll be too far away from this. And if it does look as good as the environments looked in particular, um, then they're doing a very good job, and they need to keep it up. Um, the animation stuff looks a lot like Metal Gear Solid Five: um, Phantom Pain in terms of the movement, the way Snake looks like he's going to control and the kind of combat controls. Um, so I think they're going to kind of merge MGS3's combat systems and camouflage systems into Metal Gear Solid 5's more fluid movement stuff. 
Um, which is interesting because this isn't running on the Fox engine, but they've managed to make it look like it is, which is weird. Um, the only thing I wasn't as certain about, I don't know if anyone else felt this too, is Snake's face looks off in the trailer. It looks absolutely fine in the screenshots, but in the trailer, his face just looked a little bit off and I couldn't figure out exactly why. Um, but they've shown off a lot of the virtuous mission section um, and then some sneak peeks at some later areas of the game. Um so it's looking all right to be fair i'm most excited to see it actually as like a proper gameplay trailer when they show a chunk of you know a level or a chunk of uncut kind of gameplay just running smoothly um but if the game does end up releasing and looking like this i think we can be excited because it's going to feel like mgs3 but because of the new systems and kind of animation stuff they've used it's going to feel like a new game which is what the resident evil remakes have managed to achieve so yeah, it's looking good. It had me excited, and I can't be more keen for MGS Delta to just get the fuck out already. I just want to play it. <laughs> nice. Can't confirm that uh, Snake's face looks like that because they're trying to make him look a little bit more like Keeper Sutherland. Oh, uh, is it? No, I made that up. I was going to say, <laughs> there's no way they're doing that. That would be so fucking weird. <laughs> can't confirm John Cena is doing the voice of Solid Snake in this one as well. <laughs> It's fine. You just can't see him. Hey! Hey! hey. Um, Josh, as the other MGS mega fan, how is it looking on your end? Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat as Miles. It's really funny that you're talking about um, the way that Snake looks, because I saw a tweet the other week um, after the footage had dropped um, that there was just one specific shot where Snake just straight up looked like Bo Burnham. And now I can't answer Yes! It. Yes, he fucking does. It's so weird. <laughs> I, I can't unsee that now. Um, so Bo Burnham is now confirmed to be the voice of Snake um, because, you know, it has to be that way now. And I can't wait for it. Um, Looks like he's gone from yeah. inside to outside in the jungle. <laughs> um, snake, Snake. Nope. Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> That's a um, Bo Burnham outside joke. Thank you. You got to be inside to know that. Um, yeah, I I don't know if I'm in the, the minority and have this weird opinion that that art direction is being lost through remakes having just the um, idea that it's just got to be about how well the the graphics look. Um, because yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, the animals look realistic. Um, it looks like Metal Gear Solid, but there's just something about it that doesn't have that flair and people are calling it the piss filter where it makes it look a bit yellow um I, but i think it's deeper than that i think there is like there is something from older games where because of uh graphics not having that sort of um high benchmark that we have nowadays that they had to rely on more of the art direction and uh Games that look good don't necessarily have that same sort of um, pizzazz. Um, I don't know if that's a weird take or if that's kind of snooty because I'm like, old games looked better in a way. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's all down to the final product. Um, like Miles said, it's in it's in engine. It's not in game. It could be vastly different. I mean, we got a few camera angles that looked very similar to how um, the Metal Gear Solid 3 HD remaster plays. 
um because that is now like a full 3d title as opposed to um the stopped what, what kind of screens do you call them miles you know where it's like the it's angles, locked like... camera ang- locked camera angles was um the original yeah. snake eater and then subsistence introduced it introduced the uh the 360 camera yeah so there is a lot of that that's been shown off a little bit with kind of how he maneuvers and i think miles you said as well the animation looks pretty cool uh, like the cqc and all stuff like that um so yeah for me right now it looks like they're just ticking boxes um but it's still very early on uh i've seen david hater working so i think that just all the all but confirms it and i think they have confirmed that the voice actors are reprising their roles for the for the game to do the lines again which is cool it means that they're fully taking the time and the attention to bring it up to a, a modern package as opposed to kind of reusing assets um so yeah we'll see indeed we will unreal engine 5 as well making it all look very shiny indeed um some lovely location shots as well they threw in of like the uh the animal life in those levels um yeah it looks really nice um cat has any of this um did you see the trailer are you has any of this got you excited or wanting to play metal gear solid delta when it arrives See the trailer. The trailer looks um like a very different MGS than I've seen in the past. Um, I think maybe I'm comparing like two versions 20 years apart. Um yeah, I mean, it's not my thing. It, there's no point in me commenting or having an opinion on this because I don't really deserve an opinion on this, to be fair, Ross, because I've never never played sure, it. But so. I didn't want to leave you out, you know. <laughs> Thank you. That's very, very sweet of you. I mean, all the only kind of connection that I have is that um about 10 years ago, I was so in love with Kim Sutherland. Um, I still am, but like, you know, 10 years ago, just a good egg. So, um, yeah, uh, that's all I've got to say. <laughs> Fair. I remember watching him in, um, what was it, Phone Booth? And he was basically just a voice for like most of that movie. But he was Honestly, so good. So good, though, right? So good. Yeah. Yeah. I never saw 24. Maybe it's something I should catch up on. But um, yeah. Oh, phone booth was awesome. Anyway, this isn't about Kiefer Sutherland. So yeah, we're all hyped for Metal Gear Solid Delta. Still no release window or release date, but it's coming in the future from Konami. We'll see how that goes without Kojima. Um, right then, this is what I like to call a brand new feature of the podcast. <clears throat> grab your laptop, grab your phones. Here's an update about Skull and Bones. How you doing, guys? This is Roscoe. This is a podcast within a podcast where I update you about the latest moves and shakings in Skull and Bones. Now, this week, they have confirmed that Skull and Bones is getting another delay from January to March 24 from the earlier window of late December. There was a closed beta recently, but since then, the game's gone very quiet, and now there's another delay. Thank you very much for listening. This was your update of Skull and Bones. Grab your laptops, grab your phones. Here's an update about Skull and Bones. Right, ladies and gentlemen, here goes your recommendations. This is where we find something throughout the week that we want to share with you, our little listener whether it be a game, a TV show, a movie, a shirt, or a white Nintendo OLED Switch. Hmm. I'm just looking at things in my laptop. In my laptop? In my room. I don't know. I'm going crazy. Miles, what's your recommendation this week? Oh, Roscoe, it's nostalgia time. It's Blink-182. They're back with a new album. It's good. They sure are. One more time. One more time. I miss you. (laughs) It's seven (laughs) Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's phenomenal it's uh just a lot of fun i think we've obviously spoken about it separately but um yeah a couple of the songs are just a bit unnecessarily immature given you know 
times have moved on a little bit like go over yourselves now um but there are some really good songs in here i i think it's their best album they've released since the heyday that they used to be in about 20 years ago um and it was just nice to have the old tunes back um and the whole band back together doing it all over again um and it's just made me really wish that i'd managed to get a ticket to see them on tour so next time they go on tour we're going okay cool um okay cool i'll be there yep we're going sorted done i'll be there i hate some DeLong's live vocals but i'll be Don't- there doesn't matter, we're doing it, man. We're doing it one more time. One more time. <laughs> oh, God, it's so irritating. Um, oh, but yeah, it's so good. And it's so I agree. Way. It's a great album. It's a bit overstuffed. I think 15 odd songs was probably a bit too much, but yes, it's man, a yes, uh, it's a great album. Ole, 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 ole. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it all again. It's like, yeah, Dance with Me is a fucking tune. Man. I love that song. Yeah, they've got some bangers on there. Um, Kat, your recommendation this week. Well, in the spirit of albums, a certain album. Also <laughs> here we go. <laughs> here it comes. Um, and I just want to remind everybody uh, that Taylor Swift's 1989, Taylor's version, came out this week. And it is a masterpiece. And it has uh, Harry Styles' diss track on it. Um, please don't hate him now because they're very good friends and it was written 10 years ago. But. Um, 1989 is one of my favourite albums. And so in her re-recording journey, I've been very dubious about some of my faves on the other albums because they've just not quite hit as well. And that's made me feel sad. But 1989 is a masterpiece. It's really, really good. Cried about three times, even though I don't know why I would cry about three times because I've already had fucking songs. And the songs have been part of my life for like 15 years. But it just hits different, you know? Um so did I pre-order the album? Yes, I did. Did I get it? Yes, I did. Um, did she then release a deluxe version? Yes, but that's fine. Um, are we certain that this is the end of 1989? No, we're not. We think there's going to be another album release potentially very soon. More like a deluxe, deluxe edition with some more songs on it. I don't know. Anyway, go stream the non-stolen version of Shake It Off. <laughs> Style, blank space, bad blood, wildest dreams. Thank you and goodbye. Oh my god, 1989 <laughs> is a banger, isn't it? Jesus Christ. Yeah, but do you know what? The non-album songs of sorry, the non-release songs of that album absolutely slap. Wonderland, clean, I know places, chef kiss. Hmm. That's so sneaky releasing a deluxe edition after you've pre-ordered it. Honestly, That's lately so she's sneaky. been lately. She, this is a bit of a bone of contention lately because she did th- she did the same with the Midnight's album. So her brand new new album, which was last year, she released um like the normal version, and then three hours later she released the three a.m. version. It had five new songs on it. It's a bit naughty, really. It is a bit naughty. Mm, somewhat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did, did, wait, hang on. Didn't she release another Taylor's version this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've had um, Speak Now, which was a couple of months ago. Um, and then we've got 1989. And then we have two albums left for us. Okay, now let me tell you about the law behind this, these two left albums. Now, okay, let's. One of the albums One of the albums is just Taylor Swift's debut, which is called Taylor Swift. Yeah. Sure. And the next other one is Reputation. Because Roscoe, why Roscoe? Because all she has left to take back is her reputation and her name. Oh, God. Oh, God. She's so fucking corny. Oh, 
And the the title for There Will Be No Explanation, Just Reputation kind of suggests it might be last, but then the reputation releases first, well, then all she has to do is take back her name and then all of her songs are her own. So I just can't, I can't really decide which one's more poetic. I think that one. So we think reputation is next because of all the Easter eggs and then Taylor Swift will join shortly after. But anyway, that's what This is about 1989. Uh, the lore as well, guys. The cult is still thriving. Um, yeah, that's my recommendation. I, that's a lot of releases in one year, isn't it? You think she yeah. has she made enough money this year? Do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, she has it. She's actually now a billionaire. So, absolutely. The era's tour that um, that is incredible is like the best selling tour of all time. I think it's just surpassed Michael Jackson's thriller tour. Um, wow. Or it's on par with it, or it's just about to catch up to it. I can't remember. It's one of them. But it, yeah, she's um, she's estimated to make over a billion with that tour alone. Houses. I mean, it's yeah, you can't argue the numbers, you know, fair play. No, buy some Starbucks, Lord. Taylor. Go on, yeah, girl. 70 pounds for a cardigan. Gosh, I... don't do you know what, Taylor? I love you, girl, but your merch on your website shocking. I bought a hoodie from there and it like washed out within like two washes, but the stuff on Etsy that like the fans make is incredible. So, yeah. Mm. Margie, keep you keep you are keeping up with all this, keeping it all in your head, keeping I, it straight. I, for the... I I do my best. I don't keep up with everything, but I think I do okay. And I know some of the songs, and I appreciated some of the differences in the new album. So, I I I get bits. I do my best. Fantastic! I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I try. <laughs> Good for you, man. Good for you. I, I'm not perfect, but I try. Um. All right then, Josh. What's your recommendation this week? It better be an album. Otherwise, I don't know what to tell you. Do you know what? I wish it was. Um, <laughs> I, I try very hard every week. But no, I don't try very hard every week. I try and enjoy stuff that isn't video games every week. It's mainly movies or TV shows because I like recommend it, recommending them. Um, but I'm shit out of luck with these ones. I, uh, I tried to watch Goosebumps, the remake um, series on Disney+. Plus. I got through the first episode just barely. There was like 15 minutes left. And I said to my, my wife, I was like, shall we carry on? And she was like, I mean, we've got 15 minutes. I was like, okay, well, if it, you know, if it picks up and then last 15 minutes, we'll probably try the next episode. Um, I've not picked it up again. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's a shame because I love Goosebumps. I love how campy Goosebumps is. And um, the OG series is off Netflix now. So you can't even go back to enjoying them wherever they are. They're probably gone and lost in the ether. Um, and to try and keep the uh, spooky themes on, I tried to watch a film called Dark Harvest uh, by David Slade of Hard Candy and 30 Days of Night. Don't bother. Um, <laughs> that's another recommendation. Don't bother. Uh, but One Shining Light was a game that I played. It was a little short game. Uh, another sort of like graphic novel like text adventure um is mothman 1966 um this is by lcb game studio part of the pixel pulp series um they're just very they're like short but very like endearing um pulp fiction novel visual novels that have a really distinct um 
visual art style, like a really um, like old school pixel art style. But think of like your Famicoms and stuff like that. Um, uh, and Varney Lake, they've got as well coming out. And um, Barnes and Knights is due to be out very soon um, after a little delay. Um, but yeah, they're really cool. Um, I think I beat it within an hour. Um, it has like a really short but sweet story that kind of it, it feels like what Ghostbumps should have felt like when I watched the TV show, um, but it wasn't. So I'm glad I got my Goosebumps fix with a game like this. Um, they're really cool. They're really cheap to pick up. They're usually on sale as well. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and if you like your uh, your music a bit harder than Taylor Swift and a bit harder than Blink-182, then why not check out um, Year of the Knife's new album, No Love Lost. Um, that's manic. There you go. Love it. Absolutely love it. Good. Um, I was going to check out Goosebumps, but I'm not going to now. So thank you for that. I'm going to try the second episode at some point this week. And if it gets better, because first episode is Say Cheese and Die, which we all know is Ryan Gosling's breakout role. Um, mm-hmm. where they take photos and then they go, they'll die soon. Never saw any of that, really. Um, the next episode is The Haunted Mask, which is probably my favourite episode of Goosebumps ever, next to maybe Night of the Living Dummy 3. Um, so if The Haunted Mask doesn't do it for me, then I'll just say to you, Ross, I'll be like, just don't bother. Yeah, fair. Just, fair. Just don't bother. No, that's all right. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, what's my recommendation this week? My recommendation this week is don't listen to me. I remember saying a few weeks back that I thought Starfield was a genuine game of the year contender. And I thought it was brilliant at the time. And you know what? I was wrong. I've seen the light. We made it to this week in October where we knew that bangers were getting dropped. Now, I haven't played Anna Wake 2 yet. But Tom, on our team, has, and calls it a Game of the Year contender. And with that Metacritic score, I'm not one to argue. So I want to say sorry for anyone who was misled by my initial love of Starfield. Now I've played other games, I realize just how lacking and mediocre and boring Starfield was um, to anyone that is going to listen to me on that. Um, it was a mistake. It's something that I own. It's all me. And I'm sorry. Because we are in an era of video games now where things like Starfield, which is just a Bethesda game and nothing more, just can't cut it anymore. We're in an era where the likes of Insomniac games come out with a Spider-Man 2 and it propels Insomniac to the upper echelon of video game developers if they weren't there already. Everything from now on from Insomniac is going to be absolutely banging because they've reached this plateau. The same ones that, you know, Capcom have reached in recent years and Naughty Dog. We're looking at that level of greatness at Insomniac now. And did I take for granted that? Perhaps. Perhaps I did. And I'm sorry. Did I go too far with my love of Starfield? I think I did. Did I enjoy it at the time? Sure. But I was innocent. I was unaware of what was coming around the corner. 
and now I realize it just ain't good enough. And if it's in the game of year conversation, I will be furious because it does not belong there. Not anymore. Not with Baldur's Gate 3. Not with Spidey. Not with Super Mario Wonder. Maybe not Sonic Superstars, but Alan Wake 2. You know? Diablo 4. Hogwarts Legacy. Street Fighter 6. Absolute classic games that I've come to Even Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, which isn't going to sell. It came out at the very wrong time, but is absolutely fantastic and deserves to be played. These games are innovative. They're, mo- they're pushing the industry forward, especially Alan Wake 2 and Spider-Man and Baldur's Gate 3, doing stuff that I know Cat wasn't a fan, but you got to look at the audience and the Metacritic. It's doing something that no other game can do and Starfield certainly can't do. So I'm sorry. I will do better from now on. And that's my recommendation. Don't listen to me about Starfield. Play other games. You'll be much happier. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that does bring a solemn end to the podcast this week. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below to find us in all the places. If you want to follow us on Twitter, slash X, you can at FNGRGNS. We are at finger underscore GNS on threads. All of our individual handles are in the description below. Except for Mars, of course, he's smart and not on Twitter, slash X, slash threads. If you really like what we do, why not follow our Patreon? For $1 a month, you can keep this podcast live on its various podcast-hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny. But until next time, it is goodbye from Josh Thompson. Goodbye, everyone. And we it's forgive good- you, Ross. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate that, man. That really means a lot. Um, it's a goodbye from Miles Thompson. Uh, well, I also did hey Josh's comment. I uh, feel like I got done on Diablo 4 too. So I did owe your sentiment and say... Take the same uh, advice about my views of Diablo 4. <laughs> okay, there we are. There we are. So we're all moving forward. And it's a goodbye from Kat. I've still listened to you, Ross. Don't worry, babe. You've got Thank a friend you. in me. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns podcast. <laughs>